0: Well, hello and good afternoon from Tyler, Texas, where we have all kinds of fun weather going through our area. Uh, We've gotten a little bit of rain today, quite a bit of wind, a little bit of thunder, and more to come. I think it's not going to happen here till a little bit later on today, uh, early evening maybe, and then during the night. But uh, if you're where the weather's bad, stay safe and uh, hope that. Uh, Everything is okay for you. Today on Thursdays, we are going through a book on the Songs of Jesus. It's a study of the Psalms, a daily devotional guide from Timothy Keller and his wife, Kathy. And uh, today, we're going to be looking at one psalm. Sometimes we go through a few because they're pretty short. Today's psalm, however, is not quite so short. It's Psalm 37. And I really like this psalm because it really kind of does the back and forth kind of thing. We see it in Job. I'm going to be, I'm planning on doing some preaching from the book of Job, one of my favorite uh, books in the Bible. And interestingly enough, though I've been here eight years come July, I haven't preached through the book of Job. I preached uh, on it a couple times in sermons or lessons, but This will be my first time preaching a series on Job here in Tyler at West Erwin Church of Christ. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's a great study of the sovereignty of God and kind of a little bit more advanced and a more complicated look at some of the things we're talking about in Psalm 37 uh, today. So uh, with that in mind, let's kind of take a look at it. Psalm 37 is... um, Uh, Again, a a very great psalm. It's a longer psalm, so we're just going to stay with it today and uh, use our devotional time to work through Psalm 37. Starting at verse 1, do not fret. (laughs) What a great way to start a psalm, right? Do not fret. I, I think God tells Bill that a lot. Bill, stop fretting. Don't fret. Don't worry. Don't be so anxious. Um, do not fret, the psalmist says, because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. And and that's where I get the topic of paradoxes because there are several of them in this psalm. Uh, the Kellers bring that out a little bit later in the chapter as well. But... Uh, if there are those who are evil and envious and doing wrong around us, that that seems like it's good reason to fret and worry and be a little bit upset and anxious. The psalmist says, don't worry about it. Uh, just like the grass, they will soon wither and die away. Um, scripture says in other places, Old Testament and New, the grass withers uh, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord abides and uh, is around forever. Um, and so that's what the psalmist is coming from too. Uh, they, those evil people and their plans will come to naught because they will not live forever. Verse 3, and I love these words. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. When I was uh, younger, uh, before coming into the Church of Christ in ninth grade, when I was a teenager, uh, we went to the Protestant chapel on base. And this was in the 60s and 70s. I started being very active in uh, the chapel there. Uh, when I was in uh, fifth grade, I really turned to the Lord. I, I sent off to Billy Graham Ministries for a Bible and they sent me a, a good news for modern man and then a great news for modern man, which was the first of the New Testament, the new international versions back in the, in the late 60s, early 70s. And um, uh, I memorized scripture. I went to chapel. I was in the Protestant, in the, in the PYOC, the Protestant youth of the chapel. I sang in the uh, kids' choir. I did it all. And I remember that we had a song from this verse, from these verses out of Psalm 37 Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and shall be fed something like that and uh, it's been a couple of years since i sang that so i think i did pretty good um, but it's interesting how those things stay with you and those memories are good that was a very genuine part of my faith development I, i'm glad that my mother's uh, church of christ roots kicked in when i started talking about being baptized and taking communion and and we went to uh, uh, Lackland Terrace Church of Christ, that wonderful church, our, our home church in San Antonio. And um, I, we studied, and I was baptized in March of my freshman year, as was my father, my sister, and my mother was restored. And from then on, it was all C of C, and I uh, haven't uh, turned back at all uh, for a moment since, and it's been a great, great blessing. But these memories are still very real to me and are very much a part of my faith's journey. And I'm very thankful for the people who had an influence on me and, um, and, and helped me during those early years. Uh, commit your way to the Lord, the psalmist says. Don't fret. Instead, trust. The Kellers write, fretting is a common activity of our age. Boy, is that ever true. It is composed of worry, resentment, jealousy, and self-pity. Boy, I think they hit the nail on the head there, don't you? Fretting is a common activity of our age. It is composed of worry, resentment, jealousy, and self-pity. And that's why the psalmist says, um, trust in the Lord and do good. If you're not doing good, you, you need to change your life. There's nothing in scripture that says just because you trust in the Lord, you can live any way you want. Uh, Jesus uh, affirmed that uh, by their fruits, you will know them. Uh, he said, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. That old uh, kid song, The wise man built his house on the rock, and the rains came down, floods came up, and the wise man's house stood firm. Foolish man's house went splat. Well, that whole song is taken right out of Matthew chapter 7 at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and the whole song is an illustration. It's an illustration, and here's the point. Jesus says, uh, for the one who hears my words and does them. Let me tell you what that person is like. They're like the wise man who built their house on the rock. The one who hears my words and doesn't do them is like the foolish man whose house went splat because it was built on sand. So there's nothing in scripture that says, look, if you just uh, believe, then you're good. You can live any way you want to live. Nothing anywhere to be found there. But what it does say is what the psalmist says. Trust in the Lord and do good. Commit your way to the Lord and you'll be blessed. So as the Kellers write, look forward, look up. uh, Look ahead to the time when God will make everything right. And um, get busy on the things that you can impact. And don't fret about the things that you can't. Uh, The psalm continues in Psalm 37, verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. Again, he's talking about times when evil people make their plans and their wicked schemes and they actually get to carry them out. God doesn't stop them. And yet the psalmist says, don't fret, don't worry. Instead, be still. Other places in scripture, including in the Psalms, say, be still and know that I am God. We have a wonderful old hymn uh, that has that same message. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Uh, Even though you see evil people abounding and succeeding, don't fret. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Verse 9, for those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Even if we don't see it, we know that one day it will happen. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Again, like the grass. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. And it immediately reminds us of uh, the Beatitudes. Also in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5 through 7, the Beatitudes... Are found in Matthew 5, Um, and Jesus says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, because all those Beatitudes uh, give us a surprise at who is actually blessed, such as those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, or those who mourn, in this case those who are meek. The humble and the dependent, those who trust in the Lord and do good, as the psalmist has said, they are the ones who are blessed. Jesus became meek for us, not weak, not weak at all. He was the strongest person who ever lived, and yet he gave up his will for the will of the Father in order that uh, he might be a lamb taken to slaughter for your sins and for mine. His amazing loving meekness now is an example and empowers us to be meek as well. We remember the story in John 13 when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and none of them were willing to do it. Jesus did, the Son of God, and I love how John 13 starts. Starts off with John saying, Jesus, knowing who he was, knowing where he'd come from and where he was going, took off his clothes, put a towel around him, got a basin of water, and went from one stinky apostle foot to another, washing their feet. And then he tells us that just like he has washed our feet, we are to wash each other's feet. It's an incredible statement. Um, and so we want that peace and that gentleness and that meekness that comes from trusting in the Lord. Continuing in Psalm 37, verse 12, The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. He knows their day is coming. Again, this is that paradox. It's not. It may not be today. And that's why it says to be still and wait for the Lord. To commit your way to the Lord. To trust in the Lord and continue to do good. Because the, the Lord knows their day is coming. And he'll make everything right. But it may not be today and it may not even be in our lifetime. And that's when faith is really faith. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy. Verse 14 says... To slay those whose ways are upright. And that doesn't seem right. Again, a paradox. But their swords will pierce their own hearts. And their bows will be broken. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. Again, another paradox. What's better, to have a little or a lot? Well, especially in our country, we think a lot. But God says, well, let's talk about that. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of the many wicked. Verse 17, for the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. Again, paradox. Instead of disaster, we survive. Instead of famine, we have plenty. But the wicked will perish, will perish may not be today, but they will perish. Though the Lord's enemies are like the flowers of the field, they will be consumed. They will go up in smoke. Scripture says that constantly. God will make all things right. It may not be today. It may not be next week. may not be this month. We may not ever see it in our lifetime, but he will. We can trust him to do what's right. Uh, Believers sometimes seem weak. Paul himself acknowledged in 2 Corinthians over and over again his persecutions and his sufferings. And so righteousness, as the Kellers say, is no guarantee of prosperity. There's nowhere in the Bible that says, oh, if we are righteous, then we won't have to suffer. Actually, it says the opposite, as you know. Jesus says, hey, don't be surprised if people persecute you. They didn't accept my message. They won't accept yours. The world hated me. It'll hate you too. And that's hard for us to accept. It is possible to be faithful and hardworking and end with little, (coughs) excuse me, still trying to beat this cough from all these allergies here in the spring in Texas, but riches can erode quickly. And we want the kind of riches that, um, are eternal that last forever. Through the cross, our debt has been paid and his unfailing love for us. That's one of those things that will never lose its value. Continuing in Psalm 37 verse 21, the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses will be destroyed. Again, God will ultimately make it right. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. So the Lord makes him firm, his steps firm, and yet he may stumble. But even if he does fall temporarily, God will uphold him with his hand. What a wonderful promise in verse 24. Verse 25, I was young and now I am old, the psalmist writes. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be blessed. Well, that's a little bit of an overstatement for emphasis, right? We understand that sometimes the righteous, um, actually, things don't go very well for them in this world. But ultimately, we know God makes that right. And the righteous, even, again, better a little with righteousness than a lot uh, with uh, evil. Even the righteous with just a little are generous with that. And even if they only have one piece of bread, they'll break it in half to share it with someone who has none. That's, that's the difference between the righteous and the wicked. The faithful don't see their money as their own, but give and lend freely in order to bring about blessing, not just for themselves, but for others. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's one of those beatitudes that's found in the book of Acts and not in the Gospels. But that's what he said and that's what the righteous believe and that's how they live even though they may not have very many very much they recognize that it is not theirs but rather it's the lord's and they are wanting to do with it whatever he calls them to do the book of habakkuk is a wonderful book about paradoxes as well the prophet complaining to god about the jews immorality and idolatry and unfaithfulness and then when God tells him his solution, he complains to God about that because God says, I'm going to bring in the Babylonians, a less righteous nation, to punish a more righteous nation, my own people, because of their sinfulness. And Habakkuk doesn't like it, and he complains to God, and God says, well, Habakkuk, you're just going to have to trust me on that. And it's there in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, where God, for the first time in Scripture, says, my righteous one will live by faith. And that's what we do, too, and that's the paradox. Even if it doesn't look like it's working, we know that God will make it right. At the end of Habakkuk in chapter 3, Habakkuk says, hey, he's come around, and he says, you know, even if there's no uh, cattle in the stall, no sheep in the pen, even if the fields are not doing very well, still I will trust in the Lord. Again, commit your way to the Lord, the psalmist says. Uh, Trust in him and do good. Uh, God will not let us free fall He will uh, will always be there uh, for us Um, And so the last part of, of Psalm 37 Verse 27 Turn from evil and do good That's been the theme for the whole Psalm hasn't it Then you will dwell in the land forever For the Lord loves the just And will not forsake his faithful ones Wrongdoers will be completely destroyed The offspring of the wicked will perish The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouths of the righteous utter wisdom, and his tongue speaks what is just. The law of their God is in their hearts, their feet do not slip. The wicked lie in wait for the righteous, intent on putting them to death. But the Lord will not leave them in the power of the wicked, or let them be condemned when brought to trial. Hope in the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are destroyed, you... We'll see it. What a great promise there at the end in verse 34. Um, God says, look, the power of the wicked, they're, they're not going to win. They may win for a while. It may look like they're going to win. And we're reminded of what Jesus experienced on the cross. There weren't 10,000 angels coming. Uh, rather, the Father allowed him to die, to let the wicked that screamed for his blood that day have their way. But he also knew that that wasn't the end of the story. There was an empty tomb. Easter is coming. And in the meantime, we wait. (laughs) We wait just like they did on that Saturday. Can you imagine being there in that in-between time between the time of Christ's death on the cross and the time of the resurrection? What What a challenging time. Well, in some ways, we're in that time. I know we're on this side of the empty tomb. I get that. But we're also still waiting for the Lord to return and fulfill what all of these words in Psalm 37 had been saying, to make things right. Verse 35, I have seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a luxuriant native tree. He doesn't deny it. Scripture doesn't deny that it doesn't make sense sometimes. But he soon passed away and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless, he says in verse 37. Observe the upright. A future awaits those who seek peace, but all sinners will be destroyed. There will be no future for the wicked. It may seem like they have a great future right now, but they don't. They don't. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in times of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Living for yourself, the Kellers write, inevitably comes to nothing. But for us, for the righteous, for the generous, for those who are obedient and trust in the Lord and do good, a future awaits. That's what he says in verse 37. For the righteous, a future awaits. A future of increasing love and joy in this world and infinite amounts of both in the next. Um, Jesus said, no one who has left all of these things for me will will not uh, fail to receive a hundredfold as much in this present age and in the age to come eternal life. We may not see it in the way we expect it or the way we even hope or pray, but we know that it will be there. Uh, Just like the psalmist said, David, in Psalm 23, the great 23rd Psalm, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever that is the future that awaits all of those who trust in the Lord and do good who commit their way to the Lord who refuse to fret (laughs) even though it doesn't make sense right now because that's what trust really is that's when faith is really faith let's close with prayer father we we, we don't get it sometimes, and even though we try not to, we tend to be anxious and worry and fret when we see things not working out the way we had hoped or expected. Father, it's during those times when our faith has to carry us through, when just as you told Habakkuk, my righteous one will live by their faith. Let us live by our faith during those times. Let us remember, Father, to trust in you and to do good, to commit our way to you, and to seek to be obedient, and to know, Father, deep in our hearts, to know that your promises will be kept, and that, like David, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stay safe each day, and I look forward to seeing you again, uh, if not this Sunday, uh, then on Tuesday, as we go back uh, into our Tuesday daily devotions as well.